Action fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me as always, Chad Cruz. Chad, the lockdown continues, but the Bulletproof Podcast is here for everyone stuck in their home. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're probably doing a better job than uh, the government, the authorities. We're helping you get through this situation, and and I mean, really, kudos to us. Uh, we're, we're so modest, we're so humble about it. But we've just done so many good things for all these people out there. Yes. Yeah. We, we are going to pat ourselves on the back. Barry Horowitz style. And helping us help you. He's back. The toy man himself, Chris Petrillo. Welcome back to the Bulletproof Podcast. That's right. I felt it was only fitting that we as humanitarians gather once again to deliver the good word of good movies and some bad movies to the people out there during these trying times. Absolutely. And we also encourage you, other than checking out the podcast, check out the website, bulletproofaction.com. Tons of content there. And you can find out what's new on the site by following us on social media. We are at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter, at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram. And now, uh, before we get into today's topic, uh, a peek behind the curtain, because Chris, you are actually supposed to join us back for our Mark DeCoscos episode, but due to some technical difficulties, you were unable to. That's so we right. Proceed without you. And Chad Cruz had some uh, less than flattering things to say about Cradle to the Grave. And Ooh. do you want to recap us, Chad? Before we some let the, uh, you want to recap? Um, I, you know, I, I could give a, a pretty solid recap, or you could go back and listen to the to the podcast no but seriously cradle of the grave i did not enjoy it um it's just one of those movies to where it to me it was more style than substance uh it had potential but the absolute like just just watching the film just it gives me the it just makes me angry at the world if that makes sense even with the ultimate uh, MMA fight with Jet Li taking on everybody from the UFC at that point? Jet, and I love Jet Li, especially before he came to the United States. But his uh, – yeah, they put him in a cage. What was it? Chuck Liddell. There was like Randy Couture. There's all these, Ortiz. Yeah, all these amazing mixed martial artists, and he just beats the crap out of them. It's just uh, – everything about that movie just makes me – just irks me. And that's one of the few times that I didn't hate Tom Arnold. You know, I liked him in True Lies. I like there, there's there's he's got a certain thing to him that that works in in some instances, and then in others it just fails miserably. Well, Chris, you have a very different opinion though of, of Cradle to the Grave. I am a fan of Cradle to the Grave. Uh, I I feel that Jet Li took a bit of a backseat to DMX because that's the period where they were throwing a lot of focus on DMX, which I'm sure we'll get to as we discuss tonight's topic. So, you know, if you're going into it looking for a full-fledged Jet Li movie, it is not that. Um, you know, as a huge fan of Mark Dacascos, uh, not only was I sad to not be on that podcast, but to discuss uh, a villainous role of his. You know, we had previously seen him as a hero in films like Only the Strong and Drive. So it was a different turn for him. And, uh, you know, kind of a dream match setting to have uh, Jet Li at that point in time and Mark Dacascos at that point in time on opposite sides of the fence. 
And then you had your comic relief. You had Anthony Anderson. You had Tom Arnold. You had Gabrielle Union for the attractive female quarter to be filled. It was just, you know, it's it's a popcorn movie. It's a movie that you can go and turn your brain off. It's got some fun fight scenes. It's got some humor. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a classic by any means or call it a uh, essential, but uh, I, I think it's fine, fine viewing. I, I enjoy it. All right. Well, two, where do you fall on it? You can obviously let us know on social media. Do you agree with Chad or do you agree with Chris, the toy man himself? Um, and we are going to be you talking know, Chris, more. Brain, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think it's it's an hour and 41 minutes is how long the film is. If you, if maybe a master editor got in there and uh, I, uh, the, the director, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, he... I feel like there's probably an edit, a cut of this film that I could enjoy because there are certain things about it. There's certain elements that I like, but it's one of those movies that to me felt like a missed opportunity. So maybe, yeah, you shave 10 to 15 minutes off of it, make, make it a nice svelte 90 minutes. Maybe I'm in. We'll see. Brain, can you make that happen for us? I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, okay. My contacts at Talk the studio. To um, you know, uh, I, I'm glad you brought up the director because can anybody pronounce that man's name? Anybody? No. I was going to attempt it and I just decided not to. All right. Well, what we're going to attempt right now is to discuss hip hop performers, rappers who have transitioned into the world of action movies. We just mentioned them in Cradle to the Grave, DMX. So we may as well continue on with his filmography. DMX kind of had a trilogy of films there, including Cradle to the Grave. Also, Romeo Must Die and Exit Wounds. Romeo Must Die is a fun movie. Um, for those who don't know, that is the one with Jet Li and Aaliyah. Um, DMX was not a huge focal point of that one. But if you want to look at his starring roles, uh, Cradle to the Grave was the final one in the aforementioned trilogy. I would say that out of the three, as far as the focus on DMX, the best would be Exit Wounds, which was he and Steven Seagal teaming up to take on Dirty Cops led by Michael Jai White. And uh, that movie, I would say, probably outshines uh, all of his stuff. I think that might be the best movie that DMX uh, has done, whether it be as a star or as a co-star. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Exit Wounds, and also one of the better later in his career Steven Seagal films as well. Yes, before the direct-to-video drop-off. Yeah, that was like that mid. So he had like if you take Steven Seagal into three, three different eras, like the the early Seagal where he's doing all these great movies, um, you know, like uh, anything that has law or justice in it, like he's above it, beyond it, or below it. Any of those movies, and then there's uh, like under siege films, of course. So the middle section is where he they like tried one last hurrah with like Seagal. You can still be a main guy. You can still be a leading man in these big blockbuster movies. As long as we give you the right partner. Um, that's how exit wounds was to me. So it was kind of like that tail end of his really good early career. And then he fell off into the direct video. And then there's been, you know what? One or two decent ones over the last decade. Probably by accident. Yeah. Well, it's like Nicolas Cage syndrome. He just started paying the bills by doing any script that came his way. Right. And I'm sure, uh, Chris, you've picked up plenty of his films at the uh, Dollar Tree. I have obtained several at Dollar Tree. Uh, Nicolas Cage as well. You know, There's been quite an abundance of direct-to-video action at the old Dollar Tree, and I will never look a dollar film in the face and refuse it, even though there have been some that I have instantly regretted as of late. 
I think when you mentioned the Dollar Tree purchases, uh, it really lit a fire under me. And every time I drive by one now, if I don't stop, I regret it. If I'm in a hurry to get somewhere, I'm like, oh, Lord knows what good movies. What I might have missed some wonderful films in there. And I just keep driving and I beat myself over up over it for like five minutes. Well, there is a rumor going around because I have a contact who handles like warehouse and delivery for them, which I just recently found out about. But supposedly the movie drops are going to go from every few months to monthly. Ooh. So there could be quite an abundance of Dollar Tree DVD selections available at a store near you. And with people not really going out anymore, it probably makes the pickings even easier. I think you need to get your uh, contact to uh, maybe uh, hook us up as, with a Dollar Tree sponsorship. Oh, yeah, we could try that, especially because so many of those titles are regional. So I wonder what DVDs are sitting in which warehouses. So there could be an even wider selection if we can get them direct from the source. We're going to move on to who I would have to say is the biggest star to come from the hip hop world into the action world and into the movie world in general. Will Smith, originally the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now here he is. I mean, he's had so many. I mean, he owned the 4th of July there for what, two years with Independence Day and in black um, kind of fell off with Wild Wild West. But the movie that really started it all for him was was Bad Boys. Yeah, Will Smith. I mean, it's funny because people who who uh, are in this newer, newer generations of people probably don't know or had to be told that he did any type of music whatsoever. Uh, even when you mentioned to, to younger people, maybe 20, 22, you mentioned that he uh, was in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and they're like, what was that? You know, because if there hasn't been a Netflix special on it, they probably don't know what it is. So uh, Will Smith's a fun one because he was he was so early in the game as far as like uh, transitioning from music into not only films, but like he pretty quickly jumped into action films. He had done what was it, Six Degrees of Separation, um, and what maybe one other one I think uh, as far as films go before he did some action stuff. So he was pretty pretty quick move and now everybody wants in now everybody in the hip-hop game wants to do a, an action movie yeah and bad boys i mean that was a blockbuster right off the bat and you know he's stuck with the action game you know martin lawrence who played his partner they were both known for you know being sitcom and comedy guys uh will with you know some of the dramatic chops from some of, some of his earlier roles like you mentioned so that one actually kind of took them into the uh, action echelon, so to speak, because Martin kind of parlayed that for a while into doing things like Blue Streak and National mm -hmm. Security, like, you know, the Eddie Murphy style buddy cop action comedies. Right. But Will Smith, I mean, just some of the movies that we mentioned in preparation for the show tonight, Bad Boys, Independence Day, Men in Black, you know, whether it was an R-rated shoot 'em up cop film like Bad Boys or like a more family-oriented film like Men in Black – he was still doing stuff that was completely unexpected five to 10 years prior when he was honing his acting chops uh, early on and when he was doing all of his rapping and everything. And then let's not forget about later on when he started falling back into more dramatic roles. He was still doing stuff like Hancock, which I think is uh, a movie that gets slept on by a lot of people. Uh, you don't hear yeah. Hancock talked about as much. I think it hit at the wrong time because it was right before that whole superhero movie breakthrough. But I think that's one of his better action roles as well. 
and he's had great longevity, like you mentioned, the Hancock, but even more recently with things like I Am Legend, uh, Suicide Squad, Gemini Man. And I know uh, one of our listeners, Jimmy Youngblood, he loves I Am Legend. That's like his favorite film of all time. And he would fall into one of the, he'd fall into the category of, he might not even know that Will Smith was a rapper. And that's funny. It's, it's, it's funny that someone can have two careers that are separate from one another, but they're still intertwined in the fact that Will Smith, you know, he used to do music for his, you know, Wild Wild West, as you mentioned, you know, who could forget that song with Cisco, right? Yep. Right. Everyone loves it. Um, <laughs> that's better than the movie. Yeah. I, I think that movie's fun as hell, but uh, he, uh, he was making music for his own films, which I, I would think that if, if you're in, if you come from the music world and you move it into the film world, like making your own music and like doing the old double dip, that would be a dream come true. Well, yeah. And that had to be a part of the appeal of even casting him because you knew you were going to get a song that would be played on the radio, which would help promote the movie, you know, even subconsciously, like, again, you, you remember the song. And so you might want you like the song, you'll go see the movie. Absolutely. And even at this point in his career too, you know, bad boys three, you know, everyone had been dying for it for years. It came out. It didn't disappoint. I reviewed it for the site. You guys know that I'm very high on the bad boy series, but it showed that, not only did the franchise continue, but it has further franchise potential with some of the incidents that happened in the film. So he's not looking to slow down anytime soon. You know, can he continue on being an action star the way someone like Arnold has, you know, later in life, still using some of those more famous roles to keep it going? And look what happened to his franchises that he left. He didn't do Independence Day 2. Uh, it crashed. He didn't Which do was a Dollar Tree purchase, actually. Oh God, take it back. Take it back. And the new men in black, whatever it was called. He didn't do that one. Of course, men in black international, it flopped massively. So, I mean, it, it, it goes to show like, has he had some films not do great? I loved I robot. You know what I mean? But like, there's some of the films that he's done, Gemini man. And, uh, what was the one where the after earth? So these movies didn't do well, but the guy still got drawing power big time. And another one you did, uh, Chad, for the site, Bright, uh, the Netflix. Oh, I loved it. All right. Well, moving on, we are going to talk about Ludacris, who, of course, has made a, a movie career being a part Ludo. of the Fast and Furious family. Uh, and, but I always had a question about uh, about Ludacris and Fast and Furious, and it's when he rolled out Ja Rule. And uh, I'm just wondering, do, does Ja Rule and Ludacris, do they have heat? From what I know... They do not have heat. From what I understand, it was uh, not a miscommunication, but basically Ja Rule's ego got in the way of his ability to continue in the franchise because he was offered the spot to continue with Too Fast, Too Furious and felt it was a little bit beneath him. And then Luda wound up turning that role into uh, the staying power that has lasted all the way through the latter half of the franchise. And from what I understand, uh, John Singleton, actually approached Ja Rule at one point and was like, when I ask you to be in a movie, you just say yes. Because Ja Rule, um, I'm going to look it up quick, but I believe they told him something like, you got thousands for the first one and you left millions on the table with the rest of them. And uh, let me just see. Yeah, Ja Rule got $15,000 to be in Fast and the Furious 1 and Ludacris could retire just on the films that he has done in the past uh was it eight years to 10 years or so? Yeah. I mean, who could have predicted that this thing would have got as big as it has and just continued on? Oh, and it's a 
completely different franchise from what it was intended to be. I mean, but I love it. I mean, I am the least, you know, hands-on car, you know, dirt and oil on my hands kind of guy, but I love that entire series and I still love what it's become. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of ludicrous information to give you. Uh, believe it or not, I'm not a, he's got always in different area codes, Chad. I mean, what more info do you need that? And, uh, and I'm honestly not a huge fan of the fast and furious franchise either. So, but part of that is, is because, you know, I fit in, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and, you know, and, uh, rebuild a, an engine on a, on like a 65 Chevelle or anything, but I, uh, and there's just something about it. The, the, the first film I can, I can tolerate. And then I think I watched one more after that and I did not like it. And then I just gave up on the entire series. So I'm probably that guy who is, you know, really needs that, uh, that rewatch of, of maybe two and three or whichever, whatever they're, they're labeled at that point, And then work my way up to the good ones later in the, in the series. But at this point, I'm just too far out of it. Sorry, Luda. We're going to move on to another uh, veteran of the hip hop game who kind of made the early transition uh, to the world of acting. And that would be LL Cool J himself. Mama said, knock you out. Mama said, get in action movies too. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, Rollerball, SWAT. And he's continued his action career, but on the small screen on TV for some time now, NCIS Los Angeles. And you didn't mention one of my favorite roles and actually another film that I feel has been overlooked, and I don't think it's ever been talked about on the site, so it might have to be the subject of a uh, No Surrender Cinema, but the movie Mindhunters from back in 2004, 2005, where he played the FBI agent. They go on the excursion, and there's a killer among them, and they have to solve the mystery and try not to get killed. You know, I've never seen that one, but I've seen it like pop up on, on various streaming sites and have never pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a really entertaining movie. I enjoy it. Chad, I know uh, Ryan Campbell mentioned it on our last podcast, and I know you're a big fan of it as well. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, you can't talk about uh, shark movies, and you can't talk about LL Cool J movies without talking about Deep Blue Sea, because really it was, uh, I think that it brought, it was one of the first uh, really fun shark movies that I can remember, um, kind of in this new generation of film post 2000, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, obviously when you talk about shark films, you, you go back to jaws and, and, and the tension and the buildup and all these films. And then deep blue sea is kind of the opposite. It's just like ridiculousness and it's entertainment and it's Samuel L. Jackson getting chomped up and LL Cool J essentially saying, I'm not going to survive this cause I'm black. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's fun. Thomas Jane's in it and he's young and he's really good in it. But like not phoning it in, he's not phoning it in. It's not a pre-Punisher Thomas Jane. Pre-Punisher Thomas Jane. He's got blonde hair and it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like a fun movie. And El Cool J is such a likable character and everything I've ever seen him in uh, uh, was it any given Sunday. He's even playing like, you know, this, this, uh, you know, this jerk off, like professional athlete who's just in it for the money, this and that. But I still like him as a guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard for me not to like El Cool J in a film. I take it you have never watched In Too Deep with him and Omar Epps. I don't know if I've, you know what, I've probably seen that title and the poster a thousand times, and I don't think I've ever actually watched it. He plays the villain in that one, and he's uh, he's not too over the top. He's more sadistic, but it's a very 
very intriguing, you know, street action slash street drama dealing with undercover cops and gangs and stuff like that. Isn't Omar Epps like 14 inches tall? Wouldn't he look so small compared to LL Cool J? <laughs> Omar is a rather short guy, but he's the star of many of my favorite movies, so I'm not going to diss him. Okay. I'm sorry. That's all good. I mean, I don't know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> I, never can't tell. I don't think he's going to come knocking on my door. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about another uh, old-school rapper. I mean, this guy's definitely one of the pioneers, Ice-T. And where did Ice-T make his film debut? Come on, guys. Don't disappoint me on this one. That would be Breakin'. That's right, a canon classic. You better believe it. Yeah, you're not going to stump me on a uh, Breakin' reference. Uh, <laughs> not at all. I love No, well, I mean, I, you know, I, obviously I'm thinking of the Breakin' reference because you know my love for the Breakin' and Rappin' films from the Canon catalog. But just to get a Canon mention on here, because what would a Bulletproof podcast be without a mention of the epic and beloved Canon films? Right. Actually, if anyone, if Brain asked me a question and it's Canon related, I just assume it's Breakin'. I'm like, yeah, Breakin'. It's either Break In or Revenge of the Ninja, one of those two. Or Death Wish 3. Ah, Charles Bronson. Gotta mention him. All right. I know, Chad, Ice-T was in one of your favorites, Surviving the Game. Oh, my God. That movie, I could watch that uh, probably once a week for the rest of my life and still find reasons to enjoy it. And I I, I don't think that Ice-T is particularly good in it or great. He's, He's good. He's fine. He's mediocre. But the the uh, the ensemble cast that they put together as all these rich pricks out there hunting people in the woods is just so good, and it's such a simple story. You you throw this guy out in, in the in the middle of nowhere, and you hunt him because you think you're better than him, and lo and behold, you're all a bunch of pieces of crap, and he gets one up on you. So I mean, like that's that's such a classic tale, and Ice T does it in a way that you root for him but you're not like so invested to where if he gets his he gets shot 12 times and survives you're like oh i'm not going to like ru- lose my lose my shit over it you know what i mean and then there's uh some other ones i know ricochet was one of his uh, early films with Denzel Washington Trespass did some work with Albert Pune with uh, Mean Guns and Crazy 6 and then kind of was really big in the direct to video uh, with things like Stealth Fighter and Judgment Day, which have been covered on uh, BulletproofAction.com, so you could check those out. Chris, your thoughts on Ice-T and his uh, acting career? I mean, he's got more of a resume than anybody, just because he transitioned so well into the acting game. And, you know, Law & Order SVU is not necessarily action per se, but he's been playing a cop for 20 years. I mean, just that alone gets him a spot on this list but surviving the game is a classic trespass is actually on my dvr as one of those uh, quick watches so i don't have to go pulling out the dvd classic classic movie and then you know some of those lesser known ones mean guns judgment day those ones those are old favorites i uh, wasn't too big on stealth fighter but you know there's uh there's a mixed bag uh much like his music uh you know as he got Later on in his career, I don't think that he held up to his classics, but one that we didn't really touch on was Body Count with Alyssa Milano, which I think is a great movie. I think that's one of those uh, best remembered from being on cable all the time in the late 90s kind of movies. And that one is actually on my DVR as well as one of those uh, quick watches that I can just pull up anytime I want to. Well, anything with Alyssa Milano uh, probably deserves to be on the DVR, doesn't it? Especially from the late 90s. (laughs) 
It makes sense, yeah. All right, well, we can't talk about Ice-T and not talk about Ice Cube, who had some interesting movies. Uh, things like Anaconda, Ghost of Mars. He was in the uh, second, and I believe in the the third Triple X movie. And he's also done quite a bit of action comedy and things like the 21 Jump Street movies, Ride Along. Uh, Chad Cruz, though, I know you're a big Anaconda fan. Yeah, I am. Uh, mainly because of Jennifer Lopez, but also um, uh, John Voight is ridiculous in that film. And Ice Cube in another one of those roles to where it's like, there's no way I'm going to survive this because I'm black. And he was like jumped on the LL Cool J train at the same time. Um, and what's funny about Ice Cube is I don't, I don't really care for most of his films, but every once in a while he just surprises me. And I can't, I can't, I can't quit you, Ice Cube. I have to say the ride along movies were a letdown because I'm a Cube fan and a Kevin Hart fan. And I thought the first one was just okay, and I did not like the second one at all. You know, I was going into it thinking, oh, this is going to be just like Bad Boys. This is going to be great, just like Martin and Will. And as far as I'm concerned, they just kind of fizzled out right before my eyes. Do you have a uh, favorite Ice Cube movie? I would have to go with Anaconda. I'm in agreement that Anaconda was great. I also like Ghosts of Mars more than most people. But I was also not that big of a fan of Triple X State of the Union. Uh, I wasn't actually that big of a fan of the first Triple X, you know, while we're on the subject of the Triple X movies. So the three of them are not exactly uh, a go-to for me at any point. But I do love his turn in 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street. I think that his comedic timing in those was really good. And those movies are just so, you know, off the wall, over the top. You know, I, I appreciate the way that they took the property and went more into uh, a humorous route as far as trying to keep it serious then. Yeah, reinvented it, and there was even talk of merging it with uh, Men in Black at some point. Yes, yeah, and they shut that one down. I think it was about a year or two ago. They said they were looking at doing like a crossover movie, and then it just didn't get picked up. All right, let's talk about somebody who took us on a fantastic voyage once upon a time. I'm talking about Coolio, and I'm going to tell you what. My favorite Coolio movie has got to be China Strike Force, where he plays Coolio. Coolio. And that is... (laughs) awesome what a stretch i think that if you if you've seen more than one coolio film and your favorite isn't china strike force then you're just either lying yourself or you haven't yet seen china strike force because i can't i can say with 100 percent certainty that i've seen at least three coolio films and none of them are even close to being as good as china strike force you don't think dracula 3000 measures up to the greatness of china strike force Dracula 3000 is an utter pile of shit. (laughs) Tell us more. I I know there's 20 reasons why it sucks on the bulletproofaction.com, but give us a few of them. Give them a teaser. You know what? I don't remember so much of that. I forget more about that movie than I remember. You don't remember Casper Van Dien playing a futuristic Van Helsing? And was it uh, Casper Van Dien? And then there was... uh, Erica Laniac. Erica Laniac, who I absolutely adore. Which is probably why you watched the movie to begin with. And Zeus. Zeus? Is okay, perfect. See, yeah, Casper Van Dien is probably the reason I, I watched it, but Erica Leniak was like the cherry on top. So I was like, delicious. Ooh, one more reason to watch it. Is there a potential for some boobage? There was, but I don't remember it ever happening. Yeah, I, I saw that one as well. I don't remember uh, any boobage either, but. Even though she. Uh... She sleeps with Zeus at the end because they're like the last two surviving. Who wouldn't, right? 
who wouldn't sleep with Zeus or who wouldn't sleep with Eric or Eleniac? Because I'm sure there are people on both sides of that fence listening to this hey, right now. I'm not saying which, but I agree with both. Uh, and of course, I think Coolio, obviously, movie-wise, he's probably best known for the Gangsta's Paradise song, yeah. um, more so than his actual acting. But again, I love me some Coolio in China Strike Force, and I always will. Now, wasn't Coolio in the uh, the director's cut for Daredevil, right? Yes. Yep, and which that, that movie I enjoy, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah, and, and the theatrical version and the director's cut, very not like different films, but the additional content that they put in the director's cut, which a lot of it included Coolio's little uh, backstory, his little sub-story or whatever they want to call it, subplot. He played, uh, he played a defendant that Matt Murdock was representing. The director's cut is the R-rated version that got trimmed down for the PG-13 release. Yeah. It's so much better, and it's probably not even that. Well, maybe ten minutes longer or something, but it's well worth it if you, if you have any, if you remember Daredevil enough to where you're like, oh, I don't hate that film. Check out the director's cut, even though Coolio's in it. It's even it's way better. See, now I didn't know anything about that, so I have learned something new here on the Bulletproof Podcast. Awesome, first time ever. Well, I wouldn't say the first time, but you know, it's always nice to learn new things and. uh It's also nice to talk about this man, because here we go. Feel me flow. Anthony Tretch Chris from Naughty by Nature. He was in uh, The Art of War 3, and I found out an interesting tidbit about this movie. This is actually supposed to be The Art of War 2, but then because at first Wesley Snipes was like, no, I'm not coming back. And then last minute he said, "Okay, I will do a second one. So they kind of shelved this Art of War 3. They were just going to kind of release it as its own thing. Um, Wesley Snipes did his Art of War 2. After some time, they did release this as Art of War 3. Naughty by Nature. They were huge when I was in high school. And he was also the tag team partner of Seagal in one of those direct-to-DVD movies that we mentioned earlier. Uh, He was in Today You Die. Oh, there you go. I have not seen that one. Really? That one is, it's one of the better ones. Okay. Okay. It's from, uh, that's from like the mid 2000s. So 0405. So it's not long after Exit Wounds. It's before he started really phoning it in. And he was actually still in somewhat decent shape. And, and, uh, and Treach, Treach is playing a character called Ice Cool with a K. Yes, he was Ice Cool. Lord. Yeah, he was his prison buddy. Got it. And yeah, he was also in Connor's War, which I remember seeing. That also had Nia Peoples in it. And he's a blind man in that one. So quite an interesting, you know, taking some challenging roles for a uh, rapper turned actor. Trying to diversify his portfolio. And he's still working today, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen him in anything recently, but I know that he had some issues a while back with his ex-wife, who was uh, Peppa from Salt and Peppa. No shit. How about that? The more you know here on the Bulletproof Podcast. <laughs> Right. You always have the most random, like, well, I know a guy who actually uh, is one of the owners of Olive Garden. <laughs> it's like, what? No, I, I'm an actual Italian chat. I wouldn't know the guy that owns Olive Garden. Come on now. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Got me. <laughs> Those breadsticks, though. Those are tasty. They're unlimited, too, from what I understand. Yeah, no, All right. No uh, Tone Loke. Here's another uh, classic. Tone Loke was in uh, Posse. Uh, Heat, Freedom Strike with Michael Dudikoff, which is maybe one of the worst Michael Dudikoff movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Duty. I love you, but that was a bad one. Um, And 
One that I know you, I know a young Chad Cruz is a big fan of, Surf Ninjas. Yeah, Tone Loke, um, what can you say about his acting? <laughs> uh, he pretty much does the same thing all the time. He just kind of plays Tone Loke. Um, and I always remember most from Ace Ventura, but as you know, like you said, as a young Chad Cruz, uh, Surf Ninjas was a film that I watched because it was it was on the same VHS tape as another movie that I watched a whole bunch, and I can't remember what it was, but it would just be playing right, and then I wouldn't get up to turn it off. And the, the second film when the VHS tape would just continue playing. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's Surf Ninja's time. So I would just continue watching the same VHS tape. So whatever was on after that first film was getting watched one way or another. And so because of that, Tone Loke has like this imprint in my brain for the rest of my life. And God help me. That's right, kids. There wasn't a, a thing on the VHS that said popped up and said, are you still watching? It, hit <laughs> it, okay. it just kept rolling. And you had to get up or hit the remote. And I remember it clearly because there, I don't remember the film from the, the first one, but I used to spend the night at a buddy of mine's house. I was probably like 12, 13 years old. And I pretty much lived at this guy's house for half the year. And uh, they had this giant fold out bed in the basement and the TV was really far away. And it was like the biggest, you know, at the time it seemed like the biggest TV I'd ever seen in my life, but it was probably like 40 inches. Um, and we would just pop a tape in, we'd watch it, and we'd fall asleep. So that was the second movie on the tape. So I would always catch bits and pieces and sometimes the whole thing, but it just got watched so many times. It was probably like Commander or something on before it. But uh, Not only was a young Chad Cruz a fan of Surf Ninjas, but a current-day Christy Petrillo is still a big fan of Surf Ninjas. Uh, just, you know, a wacky, wacky comedy. But uh, I am a fan of Ernie Reyes dating back to the days of Sidekicks. Uh, the old Disney Channel TV show that he was on, and of course, TMNT2, Secret of Views. But as far as Tone Loke, yeah, he's, you know, it's one of those things where he's Tone Loke no matter where he shows up. Uh, you know, I could take it or leave it. You know, he doesn't get on my nerves like some characters do, but he hasn't also not done anything that uh, that stands out uh, or, you know, holds up to the test of time. He's the very definition of just there. Uh, but I did get to see him live not that long ago. Oh. Actually, get to see him in concert at one of the uh, many rap reunion tours that are going on. Because as a fan of old school hip hop, I try to hit up a lot of those shows. And hopefully, once this crisis is averted out there, there will be many more of them that I can go to. But yes, I did see him along with Bismarcky, Dougie Fresh, and uh, many other legends of the genre about two years back. And who, yeah, I mean, I, I'm very jealous because you got Wild Thing and uh, Funky Cole Medina. I mean, th those are classics. They're absolutely mainstream classics, not even just for the hip hop. Well, yeah, genre. I always think about wild thing um, from uh, Uncle Buck, which Uncle absolutely. Buck, I was there opening day at the theater for it. I love Uncle Buck and Tone Loke was a big part of that. Not an action movie, but I wanted to bring it up because it's my show. All right. Here's one that uh, Chad Cruz may have a meltdown on. It is the man who once had his own funky bunch. Mark Wahlberg. The former Marky Mark, one of Chad Cruz's most hated such movies as The Big Hit, The Corrupter uh, with Chow Yun-Fat, uh, Three Kings, Planet of the Apes, The Italian Job, Max Payne, Shooter, Mile 22, and the most recent uh, Spencer Confidential, which I know you covered, Chris. Yes, uh, probably the, I don't know if I'd put it the last on that list, but, uh, you know, I I'm hoping that the potential for the franchise makes things 
a little more enjoyable. Um, that one, if you read my review in No Surrender Cinema last month when Spencer Confidential first hit Netflix, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that I was hard on it, but, you know, just uh, a little disappointed with how it turned out. But I am a fan of many Mark Wahlberg films, uh, one that did not get mentioned since it treads more the comedy route, but has him playing a police officer is The Other Guys with him and Will Ferrell, kind of a parody of the whole buddy cop genre. And, you know, there is enough action in that one that I would put it on the list. And I think that is one of the best comedies of the past decade. I'm, I'm a strong fan of that movie. All right, Chad Cruz, here's your time. Here's your moment. Give us your argument as to why you hate Mark Wahlberg so very much. So, wait, you said he played a cop in a, in a movie? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Imagine that. I can't believe that. Um, well, you named, you named several movies, Brain. Uh, the big hit. So he's like a hitman, and he gets this girl, and he's super annoying, and he cry. He's a crybaby the entire time. Uh, he's very hateable in that film, and I I like that. I remember liking that movie when I was you know twenty or fifteen years ago, whenever it came out, twenty years ago. Uh, but my hatred for Mark Wahlberg forces me to not enjoy the film as much. Uh, the corruptor, he he basically destroys that movie. Three Kings, he's okay because he's more of a side side guy, right? You got Clooney, you got these other dudes kind of leading the film. Planet of the Apes, he plays a freaking scientist and an astronaut or whatever. Like, could you be any more miscast? I mean, give me a freaking break. I'd rather see Coolio as a scientist than Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Italian job, ensemble cast. Wahlberg essentially holds it together just by not ruining the film. Max Payne, massive flop. Uh, shooter. He doesn't even have to hold a rifle. He's the worst. I hate him. Mile 22. Never saw it. Can't say. Uh, I mean, my, it's deep. It's deep brain. My, I know it is. My hatred for Wahlberg is down there. (laughs) We should do a whole episode of just me bitching and complaining for 60 minutes about Mark Wahlberg. I could do it. But let's talk about the greatest action movie that he did, which is four brothers. Oh yeah, Four Brothers. That was covered on uh, No Surrender Cinema on BulletproofAction.com. And he did not play a police officer. In fact, he played the very opposite of a police officer. And uh, vigilante, degenerate Mark Wahlberg going out to find out who killed his mother is okay by me. Four Brothers is one of my favorite action movies, uh, as I attested to in my review. And I think that that when Wahlberg plays parts like that is is when I enjoy him more. Uh, Like One of my favorite movies that he did was Fear. It was his first film, I think. Oh, Fear is yeah, a great That's movie. one of my favorite ones of his. It's because he's not trying to be this, like, I don't know. This, he just tries so goddamn hard. And I just want to punch him right in his face every time he does it. What about Renaissance Man? Uh, no, he's awful. Um, what about The Departed? I like him in The Departed as well, but but he doesn't have to carry the film. He has one role, play a cop from Boston. Right, he's, got the he's a cop from Boston. And, and if that's your thing, that's your thing. But one of my biggest problems with Wahlberg has always been the fact that I like him better as an actor and not as an action star. So Arnold is an action star. Stallone's an action star. Um, Steven Seagal is an action star. You're not going to see Steven Seagal run off and play some dramatic role where he loses 75 pounds and plays like an anorexic or something. Whereas Wahlberg would do that, but he would do it poorly. He's like not good at and any of these, and you know what the other guys was a fun movie, but I hate Mark Wahlberg's character in it. He just whines the entire film. I just want to strangle him through the screen. Wow, 
Yes. I think we need to, I don't know, can we get maybe a celebrity death match? Can that oh, come back? I would fight him in a second. And maybe he'd win. Oh, I, I want to see a claymation Chad Cruz now. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. You know, what, what's, what's crazy <laughs> is I think that in real life, Mark Wahlberg and I would be like good pals. Like the movies that he does or movies that I would, I'd be like, shit, if I could be in a movie like Shooter or Mile 22, I'd do these films in a heartbeat. Could I be in Planet of the Apes? Oh my God, I love that series. Uh, he like, he's a, he's a patriot, right? I dig that. He, uh, he loves to golf. He loves to work out. Those are all things I enjoy. Mark Wahlberg and I would, would get along really well, but as an action star, he's dog shit. And I want to smash his face in. And, you know, we're going to have to edit this podcast now because there is no way that Bulletproof Action is getting that Wahlberger sponsorship now. So we're not going to be getting those ducats rolling in. We're going to have to trim the fat on this podcast after, uh, after we're done recording this. Um, yeah, we gotta we gotta hit the old uh, the old edit button. Yeah, I was about to ask Chad if, if you ever had been to Wahlburgers. I have not been to Wahlburgers. Uh, I feel like at one point I might have because I think my wife might have bought some one at one point. Um, did they have stuff you can buy in store as well? I believe they do. Yes, I've seen them. In- I feel like she surprised me one time with 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 uh, with a meal, and then was like, you know, hey, what'd you think of those kind of thing. And she kind of got me to to say it that I enjoyed it before she told me what it was. Uh, She's awesome. Yeah, but there is a yeah, there's a, a local Chevrolet dealership here in Columbus that uh, was recently purchased in the last couple of years by Mark Wahlberg, and now it is Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet. I will never buy a car there. <laughs> I remember offering to get you tickets for you and your wife tickets to mile 22 and a gift card to Wahlburger. So you could have a night out on bulletproof action and you refused. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. All right. Well, uh, just send a check. Okay. Do you, do you have it all out of your system or at least most of it? Well, whatever's coming up next is just going to be pure animosity. So I'm sorry. I'm glad you said that. To the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Mark Wahlberg was our last uh, official name on the list, but if there's any honorable mentions, I know I have one. Chris, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Uh, earlier in the show, we mentioned Judgment Day with Ice T, but let's talk about Everlast appearing in Judgment no Night. Shit. I did not know he was in that. As one of the cronies of Dennis Leary's villainous character, he played uh, one of the top heels in the movie that was chasing Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Stephen Dorff, and Jeremy Piven through the dark, depressive city streets. We might need a Judgment Day, Judgment Night uh, movie kumite. I don't know. I think so. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's actually not bad. Look at that. Bring in the content before we actually produce the content. I like it. Chad, do you have any any honorable mentions? I do. I have three of them. Oh, okay. Go for it. Preparation, brain. Preparation. All right. So the first one would be uh, a one Busta Rhymes. Uh, if for no other reason than he killed Michael Myers in one of the Halloween films. <laughs> um, not, action, not action, but, you know, whatever. Close enough. Uh, he, de- he definitely killed Michael Myers because that <laughs> franchise was dead after that film. <laughs> they, needed, they needed to be resurrected big time after that. Uh, second one is uh, 50 Cent. Um, he was just in Den of Thieves, which I recently reviewed, and I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. That is a great movie. I actually have that on DVD. That was a Black Friday. You purchase. know what? I think I paid like two bucks at like a used store, and I held on to it for over a year, and I finally popped it in. I loved it. I believe they're working on a sequel. Yeah, I heard that. And, and I think uh, 50 cents in that one as well. So 
uh, Escape Plan. He was also at Escape Plan, and he's done a bunch of direct-to-video stuff with all these random. I'm sure he's done like four Bruce Willis films because he's in all the one with uh, him and Val Kilmer. I can't think of the name of it, but with I have Val it. Val Kilmer. Yeah, there's one with him and really? Val Kilmer. Um, yep. Hang on, because I own it and I cannot think of the name of it. It's like killing me right now. Streets of Blood. Oh God, that I love the title. I'm sure it's a great movie. Um, and my third, <laughs> last but not least, I, I he's, yeah, and they also did Gun. They actually did more than one movie together. Uh, I remember he did Freelancers with uh, De Niro, and I was always kind of like surprised slash impressed he was in a movie with De Niro. But uh, my last one, oh, don't be De Niro will do anything these days too. <laughs> it's funny he'll do Scorsese and then he'll do shit like Dollar Bin film right after it. Uh, my final one is uh, Common. Uh, Chicago native common, uh, smoking aces, wanted John wick chapter two, uh, hell on wheels. That was a sweet ass show. Um, yeah, he's done a ton of good stuff. And he, at this point, I think he's probably, uh, we talk about this generational gap or whatever with Will Smith common is probably more known as an actor. Now think about the last 10 years. I know he put a record out four five, six years ago. But uh, he's probably seen more as an actor than a, than a musician now these days. Yeah, he's definitely very diversified as far as you know the acting roles and the, the non-musical roles. And Smoke and Aces, that is a great film. Yeah. That That's a weird one because I feel like a lot of people know about it, but not too many people talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies that's pure entertainment from start to finish. And the, pretty much every character on screen, like you want to know more. And then they tried to like give you more and like with sequels and you're like, ah, stick with the first one. All right. Well, I had one honorable mention. Uh, it's a little out of the box perhaps, but I got to give it to him. Vanilla ice for teenage mutant Ninja turtles Two: secret of the ooze, just for the song alone of go ninja, go ninja, ninja go. rap. Uh, he has to be on this list. You know, I was actually almost going to say that because my love for Vanilla Ice knows no bounds, but I figured that I already uh, put a damper on our earlier podcast when I mentioned the Garbage Pail Kids movie. So I was trying <laughs> to keep the flow going along with the uh, pre-production and preparation that we had. So kudos to you, sir, for mentioning that. I appreciate and it. Did you have, Brain, did you have like the VHS tape with just the music video on it? I did not. I don't know. I, I was a little old at that point to be two into the Ninja Turtles. I mean, I saw the first one. I don't even think I saw the second one until it was on cable. I probably heard the song before I yeah. saw the movie. I remember having it and man, I, I feel like it, it was one of those Remember when like pizza hut would have like VHS tapes that came with pizzas. Uh, that's how you know they're good. By the way, they come with a pizza. <laughs> uh, but I feel like it was one of those like, Oh, this movie or this video came with a pizza. So it's a tape and it's five minutes long. It's an awesome five minutes though, and and you got a pizza so with good. it, so that, delicious. That's, uh, nowadays, you just get a code to like download the song or something. Uh, it's not, not as fun. All right, well, this has been fun though, going down memory lane and checking out the hip hop stars that have made their way to the action world. But I challenged our bulletproof action tech team to create a na rapper name generator for me, where I could plug in various action stars. And it would spit out what their rap name would be. So I have a list of 10 here. And uh, I will read them for everyone now. And feel free to chime in with your thoughts, gentlemen. Yeah, you know what? I just want to say a quick thing about our tech team. is They work very hard. Um, they, they put in the extra hours. 
and they do whatever's asked of them um, without complaints. So good on them. Very nice. Very nice, Chad. You're a benevolent leader. Okay. Number 10, Jean-Claude Van Damme. His rapper name, JC Two Buns. That would be B-U-N-Z. <laughs> I like it. It's so fitting. Uh, no one shows their ass more than Van Damme, so I love it. In every music video, he has to do the drunk dance. Yeah. <laughs> of course. If this is how we're starting, oh boy, it's going to get good. Or, or did we start with the best and now they're just going to go downhill? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> that was my favorite uh, so far. <laughs> okay, well, mine too. Okay. Olivier Gruner would be the original OG. Okay. All right. Pretty straightforward. It's probably how he signs his autograph. OG. Okay. Then we got Jeff Speakman, who is Kid Kenpo. Anybody? Nothing? Yeah. It's okay. I, I, no. Mine would have probably been like, were, I would have put like something about coughing because of his years, decades of smoking. But, you know, whatever. I mean, Street Night would work as a rapper name. I mean, I would take that over that. Here's another one you're going to hate. All right. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Ice T 800. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it a lot. I think it's, <laughs> it was. I, I, I appreciate that is this one. The, is this the tech team's like a 11 year old son that came up with that one? No, this is an algorithm that came up with this. I'm sure. Oh, sure. Sorry. You're really going to like this one too, then. Uh, Show Kasugi. How oh. about this? This one's a high concept one. Mofo Show and the Shuriken All Stars. Oh, so we got like a super group going yeah. on. He's got a whole thing going on. All right, is Keith Vitale as part of that group because of his appearance in the uh, I would imagine so. And maybe Franco Nero. And maybe Lucinda Dickey. I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to see little little Kane. Little Kane Kasumi. Well, I mean, she has the breaking background, so that makes right. sense, actually. She's one of the Shuriken All-Stars, I'm sure. I, uh, dude, I would love to be in the Shuriken All-Stars. What do I got to do? Uh, call show, I guess. Mofo show. Uh <laughs> This needs to be a t-shirt because I would wear this t-shirt. I, I was thinking, yeah, we might have some, some of our first uh, Bulletproof Action t-shirts based off this list. How about this one? This one's a, a good one, I think. I, I think I've actually used this in a review or two. Thomas Ian Griffith, the notorious TIG. All right. Simple yet effective. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that fits so well as well. You know, it's his part. And I mean, if he's a gangster rapper, Excessive Force is a fine name for a debut album. Agreed. Damn, it writes itself, doesn't it? Here's uh, number four on the list. Elaine Moosey, or on the countdown. Elaine Moosey would be Moose Dog. <laughs> That's double G, by the way. <laughs> Obviously. Then we go to a, a Bulletproof Action favorite, Dolph Lundgren. Here's one. I don't know what they were there doing here. Sweetie Downlow. I think that's... Uh, <laughs> Sweetie Downlow. Uh, yeah. I think that name is expendable. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm wondering. Wait, I'm wondering where the down low. Where the, what is? I think it's because of DL uh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, okay. Keeping it on the down low. I thought the, you were like. Remember swing? when? Well, remember Showdown in Little Tokyo. Remember they talk about his giant dong. So I didn't know well, if it was. Maybe like, it you know. has to do. It hangs down low. Who knows? <laughs> See. It, it works on multiple levels. This algorithm so, is yeah. awesome. Good job, tech team. <laughs> uh, here's one of my favorites, personally. Number two, it's Scott Atkins, 
O L B. That's uh, old limey bastard. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons, right? Do we have to even say him? I don't. I don't. You know, it's he's so he's the O L B. What what can you say? Okay. All right, and the last one, Chuck Norris. The name we got out was Chuck Norris. So there you go. Now wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. I have to question the tech team because if they're building this algorithm based on our history of reviews and site content and social media posts, how did we not get Michael Dudikoff as Puff well, Duty? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just didn't plug his name in, but yeah, Puff Duty, absolutely. Very yeah, good. That's good. And that's you, good. You, you, did we miss any others? Chad, you got Very one? well done. I don't know. I, I kind of expected to hear like someone's name have spicy in it. Oh. Uh, but I don't know who. But I just, I always wanted to be, hear somebody with spicy in their name. All right. Well, there you go. Puff Duty makes it 11. I mean, that's that's bonus content right there. That's the bullet when you're number one with the bullet. We had the top 10. Oh, yeah. Puff Duty. I love it. All right. Well. Another thing I love is action figures. And Chris, what's going on at uh, Figures Toy Company before we wrap things up? Uh, got a lot in production, obviously, with the current crisis going on. You know, factories are impacted, which impacts production and delays, yada, yada, yada. But there is still a lot in the works. We are full speed ahead as fast as we can. Uh, we recently showed the preview for the Vince Russo figure for the Legends of Professional Wrestling and we've also dropped a couple of sample sculpts. Uh, there'll be some more prototypes coming up for the Ring of Honor, Legends of Professional Wrestling, and Rising Stars of Wrestling. Uh, we also just showed bad boy Joey Janela, who will be getting his first ever action figure with Figures Toy Company and not in that previously announced AEW line that Wicked Cool Toys uh, Jazzwares are doing. Uh, besides that, we are working on more Golden and Silver Age DC Comics figures. Uh, we have the set of Watchmen figures in production, uh, some new Batman universe characters based on the old Filmation cartoon, uh, new Super Friends coming out, just a whole lot in the FTC pipeline. Uh, you can hear more about it by following Figures Toy Company on social media. It's at Figures Toy Co. on Twitter. It's Figures Toy Company on Instagram and Facebook. And if you are inclined to know more about the wrestling products that we carry, we also own and operate Wrestling Superstore. So besides FiguresToyCompany.com, you can also visit WrestlingSuperstore.com and follow Wrestling Superstore on social media for some of the same and also some different content featuring rings, accessories, figure gear, and more of our wrestling, uh, fully licensed wrestling action figures that I have just mentioned. Okay, and since you brought up Vince Russo, to give equal time, I want to also mention the Jim Cornette figure. That's right, which is now back in stock. Yeah, we actually just replenished it, and there will be a second version with a different color scheme on the way in the coming months. So, yes, Jim is actually a good friend of FTC, a good buddy. Uh, I worked with him on producing the original action figure. Uh, I actually own the Midnight Express book that he published uh, with a nice written hand-signed note from him that he sent to me back a couple of years ago when we first started working together and there will be another figure coming out and we do offer the customizable two packs. So for those who really want to bust some chops, uh, feel free to get a Vince Russo, Jim Cornette two pack made and then have them both sign it at the convention of your choosing. You can also get, uh, I think on his, his own site, jimcornette.com where he uh, has autographed versions of the figure. Yes. And he will personalize it and number it for you as well. 
So you could you could you could buy the cornet figure now. You could buy the Russo figure when it comes out, and you could uh, pop them out of the package, and then strangle Vince Russo's character to death with the Jim Cornette figure. I think that's what he would want. I think that's what. Yeah, that's definitely what Jim Cornette would want. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's about it, Chad. Did you have anything else you wanted to to go over or cover? Or you good? I'm good, man. All right. I hope you feel better. You got some of that uh, Mark Wahlberg baggage off your chest. I feel uh, like I've, a weight has been lifted. Or like you took a dump. Okay. Um, I think that I think on that note, it's about time to wrap this thing up. So for Christy Petrello and Chad Cruz, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.